0: One a year reunion. I'm David Rausch. I'm Paul C. Fuentes. It's good to have you here. It's good to be here. Yeah. The real reunion is coming up October 16th, 2021. In the notes of this podcast episode, you can click over to an Instagram profile, which will give you more information. WB Class of 2001. Excellent. So, what do you think the etiquette is on showing pictures of your kids at a reunion?
1: you've given this more thought than i have
0: i haven't actually it's just easier to push it off on you first (laughs) (laughs) i would say one photo is okay but don't have them look through you the entire camera roll yeah
1: no i mean i think i think you should you show one yeah and then people i'll be the person who'll ask for more because that's how i am like once that invitation is open right then you can show more okay
0: yes there you go like
1: but I go a little far. I have my wedding video on my phone. the whole thing is on my phone
0: You're like, come here come here have a, have a seat here, you hold oh, my phone watch this Dave, video you don't it's know great. how many you don't know how many people I've shown my wedding video to a, a lot is there something special about I mean I understand was <laughs> oh, no, Hold, hold on. this this is this not coming out right let me finish <laughs> it was clearly a special moment. I'm sure when you two tied the knot. Is there anything <laughs> unique above and beyond I'll, I'll, normally you what stop, you would expect stop there. during let me, a wedding let me ceremony go. that you so, want to make sure someone views the actual video of LC? Oh, so now he's now he's showing it to me on his phone over the computer.
1: So I mean it's a pretty like okay. it's a pretty I'm big church. church. It's well done. It's this is like, not
0: like a single cam shot.
1: No, no. So Notre Dame televises their mass so those cameras that like our television quality mm. is what records your wedding but like they literally hand us a dvd of it like five minutes after the wedding that's cool and so then i converted it i put it on my i got it on my computer and on my phone and i'm like i paid
0: all this money for it people are going to see this thing so i think that that's the reason for anyone that was you know they're not sure if they should come to their union just know, if you do, wedding video. if you want to see Paul's wedding video, yep. TV quality on his phone, just seek him out. Right. So this week, who are we talking to? <clears throat> Luciana! That's why I used to
1: sing in the hallway. You would always know it was Luciana. She had long hair, long curly hair,
0: and she had a huge backpack and a smile. <laughs> I love it. I'm excited that you sang for us, because I feel like I've tried to get you to sing a couple times on here. I'm warming You've up. resistant. I'm warming up, Dave. Is there more? Is there more? I mean, you want to you keep give us a Luciana Encore? Episodes. How about a Luciana no, Encore right here? No, I don't niche, think there's nothing? more.
1: I don't think there's more Luciana in there right now.
0: Okay. Let's play the episode. Luciana, how are you?
2: I'm just really great today. I'm feeling really good. That's awesome. How's that answer? I love it. Okay.
0: <laughs> that is, that's perfect. And yeah. clearly that's because you're talking to us, but hopefully the rest Absolutely. of your day is going well too.
2: The cool kids, right? I'm talking to the cool kids.
0: Oh boy. This is, <laughs> this is where things get questionable.
2: Don't shake your head. I'm not making fun. Okay, go ahead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, we love to start going back to you in high school, and we'd like you to kind of introduce yourself as you were then. So, your personality, some of the activities, kind of who were you in high school?
2: Oh my gosh. I say I'm talking to the cool kids because I think of myself as the not cool kid <laughs> back in high school. I was like, wait, why do they want to interview the super geeky band nerd <laughs> like, or, the, you know, the the person that just sat in the Becca class and was quiet all the time? But um, no, no, no. I think of myself in high school as kind of the person that was all over the place doing a little bit of everything and had, you know, kind of knew people in various different circles. And so I was in music. That was a, a huge part of my high school. Super, super in love with marching band and pit orchestra and pep band, all of the things. Mm-hmm. I, I loved I loved that. I played clarinet and uh I was in art classes, you know, painting and sculpting and things like that. And uh so I, I knew a lot of the the art students. I was in sports too.
0: The trifecta then.
2: The trifecta. <laughs> yeah. Just the silent person that creep into a little bit of everything, I guess. But I yeah, and I was in a little bit more of the uh, some of the AP classes as well, but some of the regular classes too.
0: What sports did you play? For sports?
2: I played soccer. It was just it was so much fun.
0: All right. So art, music, sports, AP classes. Which AP classes were you in?
2: I was in AP math somehow. I look back at that now and I'm like, I knew calculus. What? (laughs) I knew knew how to add, period. (laughs) I was in chem and I remember we had to do like hundreds and hundreds of uh, questions for chemistry. Um, That was just insane.
1: I always remember Mrs. Waisaki because she would, (sighs) the first day of class, she would draw the the Y, and then she would draw a sock, and then she'd draw an E to explain her name. (laughs)
2: Exactly. I just remember her pointing at us all the time when she was teaching. She'd always be pointing and shaking her finger at us. I don't know why. Beyond that, honestly, I was just doing a lot of sports outside of sports and and hanging out, playing board games with people because I was a big board game nerd, I guess. Did not party really until my, the very end of my senior year, and I felt like a fish out of water for sure. So I'm <laughs> just like, "Oh my god, what am I doing here?"
1: <laughs> what made you transition? What made you get out of the water as a fish?
2: Ooh, so this is this is getting a little personal now. So you're ready for it? Um, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, yeah okay. <laughs> Let's go there. So um, I come I come from an immigrant family. Um, my parents are from Italy, and so there's a lot of traditional cultural norms. And as the only female child in my in my family, there are a lot of strict rules around that. Um, what I could do, what I couldn't do, um, who I could hang out with, those types of things. And so, yeah, partying was out of the question. Anything that jeopardized my education was was called into question. It was it was just very very focused. And so, I think. My end of my senior year it was just like, well, I'm I'm done with the education part. It's summer, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna dabble in this a little bit, and just snuck out and had had my fun at a few Glumbard East parties, uh, you know, because I I was I was not cool, <laughs> I was not cool enough to be invited to the uh, to the Willowbrook parties. <laughs>
0: That's the thing. If you go, if you go to a new area, they don't know that you're not. Oh, cool. they have no idea. That was my,
2: Exactly. This <laughs> was my first uh, introduction to like, wait, I could seem cool. Sweet.
1: <laughs> I think that's one of the interesting things that, and it came up on a another one of our talks. Like, it's one of the people that like hosted some of these parties and kind of said like, yeah. everyone was welcome. And I, I don't, th- I think I said it out loud. Like, I didn't know I was welcome. Not that I would like, that wasn't my scene. I probably would have been at a party anyways, but like mm-hmm. just how you kind of said that you weren't cool enough to be at those parties. Like, I think that's one of the things that like in high school we build up, we build. we build up on our minds. Right. We think like, well, I wouldn't go to that party. Cause, but like other people are thinking like, well, everyone knows that I want everyone to be here. Yeah. <laughs> but we definitely get in our own little minds, our own little worlds Yeah. Um. that way. Because I, I would, I would definitely say the same thing. Like, I didn't even get invited to Glenbard East parties. So, Aww, like, I should have
2: invited what, you, Paul. That's okay. I'm, <laughs> I I survived. It was funny because I remember getting there and thinking how like stereotypical high school movie it felt like. Mm. <laughs> okay, where like people go to the party. Because this I guess my first party, there were some college students there back from, I guess, the previous and they were all just hanging out on the front lawn and you go in there and it's super dark. And there's just like lights and music and people dancing and people drinking and doing a few other things. I was just like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is a uh, wow. People smoke weed.
0: Were you expecting the police to show up? Just like, were you waiting for the knock at the door?
2: I was like, why am I here? Oh my God, what am I doing? My parents are going to kill me. I'm out past 10 p.m. This is so, (laughs) it was, it was very, not me, but also incredibly wonderful. What are you most proud of from your time at Wilbrook? I was so proud of our band, to be honest. We traditionally went to a state and we did some really, really good stuff there. I won a few art competitions <laughs> for my paintings, which was really cool. I mean, I'm just so glad I got through it all because it just felt so daunting. And, you know, coming from a family that wasn't, you know, English as a first language. Like my mom actually had a story when she was in high school. So she came over to United States when she was 14 or 15 Hmm. and she didn't know any English and they didn't have ESL at the time. So essentially she didn't know anything. And the, one of the first classes that she had to be in was a gym class and they had swim. And some guys just kind of jokingly pushed her into the pool and she didn't even know how to say help. And she couldn't swim and so she like literally drowned and then they had to resuscitate her. Um and so that's how she like became focused on learning English. And so for me, I was growing up with that story and just like so scared of high school. It made me so afraid of Mm. high school. I'm like, oh my God, how are people gonna be in high school? Am I gonna have to go through experience like that? And um I think I was just so happy I got through it. And and with honors, I think that that's kind of the biggest you know, thing for me. I know it's not it's very like broad in general, but
1: No, that's great.
2: Felt very real. Felt very real. Who, so
1: who are some of the teachers that you remember? Or is you had a favorite one or any that come to mind as you think back to your time? Which
0: teachers pointed at you <laughs> a lot? Oh, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Waisaki.
2: Waisaki, yeah. <laughs> I loved Mr. Gilmore, our band teacher. I know I keep coming back to band. Of course it was one of my favorites. Um, he he really was someone who saw so much potential in students, and he was kind of a, a one-man show. He did so much. He organized dozens and dozens of students and and all of their solos and accompaniments and uh, concerts and you know road trips for all sorts of things. He was also really hard on you, but in a very loving way, and he just really forced you to be your best. I know a lot of people poke fun at him too, because there were times when he was very stern and, and he would kind of like be forcefully, uh, saying something so much that you'd get spit on if you're in the (laughs) Mm. (laughs) (laughs) program. His passion um, spit right there. His passion spit. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) But yeah, he was, he was really an incredible inspiration. And I still think back to him because he said, Luciana, if you only practiced, If you only practiced, you'd be incredible (laughs) because I was still, I was still a first, you know, part of the first chair clarinet, but he's like, but you never practice if you just practice. And so now I have his voice in my head when I'm like, all right, just, just get down to business. Just get it done. Just make this happen. Um, so I still think of him. What's
0: something from high school that you regret?
2: (sighs) I I, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I don't really live life with regrets. Um,
0: hashtag no regrets.
2: Hashtag no regrets. <laughs> um, I would say that sometimes I regretted taking as many AP <laughs> classes as I did because I got to college and they're like, nope, sorry, we won't take any of those credits. I'm like, what? I did all that work for nothing. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't for nothing because it got me a scholarship. But, you know, we I think we all have our moments where we don't treat some of our friends the best way possible and looking back I think there was one or two friends that I didn't stand up for when some of the other students were not treating them so well and maybe even jumped on that bandwagon from time to time just to not rock the boat and keep my head <laughs> or keep myself hidden. I think that's the biggest thing that I think about is yeah. just knowing, you know, how much I've learned in terms of treating people fairly and and the way they want to be treated and being more of a, an upstander than a bystander. I think that's m- one of my biggest regrets from high school.
1: Who was in your crew? Who were, the, who were your friends? Who did you hang out with?
2: Me and Amy Brankin were kind of thick as thieves. I met her in freshman year biology class. And I think we bonded over Monty Python. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> and just quoted Monty Python like nerds all the time. And then um, that grew to... The twins, Natalie and Vita Venslovas, Judy Smith, and Tiffany and Michaela. Later on, we just start hanging out a little bit more with like uh, Rich Acock and Evan Wolf, Tejas Ambani. I feel like I knew a lot of people and I was very, very happy to know so many wonderful people. But I, I was that introvert that kind of hung out the same like four or five people. So expand a little bit more. Expanded pr- quite a lot when it came to prom. Like I think we had like 50, a group of fifty people that we went to prom with. And then, Whoa. yeah,
1: how did you <laughs> tell me that story? How did you get the fifty people?
2: I think it was just a lot of the band people getting together, and then we realized we had a big enough group to all go together and have a really fun time. Uh, so that we planned this whole like you know get together in the park to have a photo shoot. Uh, the two 18 seater limo and took us to prom, had fun at prom, then went on, on a boat on Lake Michigan. Um, so we all rented a boat, like a pirate boat and we wore like pirate hats and we're like dancing till like three in the morning on Lake Michigan. And that was so, that was just so much fun.
1: That sounds awesome. Did you have a date for prom or was it a big group or?
2: I I did have a date. Um, I went with my first boyfriend, who, <laughs> um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his last name. Don't you should edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Paz, Bob Paz. He was a he was a percussionist because I'm have a thing for drummers. I married one, so <laughs> apparently, apparently, it's pretty consistent.
0: <laughs> Any other fond memories or specific things that stick in your mind that you want to cover? <sighs> From Willowbrook?
2: Yes. I don't know if I'll name the people that went with me with this, but this is my first time admitting this to other Willowbrook people that weren't part of the covert ops. That was Operation TP Willowbrook.
0: You can name names. Come on. This is... <laughs> This natural limitations has <laughs> as expired. Don't pressure her I, to I'm name names. just saying name. she can.
2: Let's just say that I needed a very tall friend to climb the building, jump into the courtyard, and even teepee in there and have everyone question, how the heck did they get in the courtyard? Um, so basically, I think it was, it was a few months before, and uh, a few of me and our nerdy friends were talking about how we've never really done anything outlandish. We've never done anything like super high school do we want to do something? Make this our last hurrah. And, you know, of course, we're just like, oh, I don't know. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. We'll we'll get in trouble. And so we're like, let's not do it. But I think the week before the last week of school, we all started talking seriously about this. We're like, no, we want to make this happen. And so um, a handful of us just went to like a corner store. I forget. Maybe it was like a 7-Eleven or something and just got a ton of toilet paper, And a whole bunch of like, what was that like removable spray paint stuff and silly string and just took like nine hours and just totally TP'd, silly stringed everything. And I just remember how proud we were the next next day <laughs> when everyone at lunch was talking about it, like who possibly could have done this? And they were like starting to blame rival schools and all this other stuff. I'm like, oh my God, I hope we
0: didn't go too far. But we were pretty proud. The days before security cameras.
2: Thank goodness. Um,
0: so <laughs> did you say nine hours?
2: Yeah, you know, because we were having fun while we were doing it. That
0: seems like a long time.
2: I think like four hours was probably pre going to the school. It was just like, should we do this for real? Should
0: You weren't there for different. nine hours. Not okay. there
2: for nine hours. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What a fun experience. That is fun.
1: And you didn't get suspended or caught. We or, didn't.
0: Uh, yeah. Which makes it even better. Exactly. So you finished TPing the school. Graduation is coming. At that point in time, what would you, what would your high school self say that your life goals were?
2: You know, it's, it's funny because I just, my whole life, I kept hearing, get an education, get an education, get an education. And I honestly, you know, we're millennials. Everyone's just like, do what you're passionate about. <clears throat> and I did a little bit of everything. So I'm like, well, I'm kind of passionate about everything. So I don't know what I want to do. So I was just really focused on uh, going to college. And I think honestly, just relaxing in between high school and college, because for the most part, summers, I ended up, I was working a lot. Where did you work? I got a job in the evenings uh, for both summer and like at school where I was working in the evenings and all the like community banks around Chicago, they couldn't afford the huge like processing machines at the time to process all their daily work. And so- Mm -hmm. That company that I worked for would do that, and so I was in like financial bank processing stuff, which was so boring. But also, when you're like 18, making 15 bucks an hour, you're like, yeah, I'm rolling in it. <laughs> and so
0: you kind of thought of yourself as a big time banker.
2: <laughs> I felt like I was definitely making some money. I'm like, yeah, am I making grown up money? Is this what it feels like? <laughs>
0: Let's move forward. We've graduated. You're, uh, you've got a banking career. You've you've dabbled in partying. You've been on a boat. <laughs> you're just you're just high high lifestyle here. Yeah. So what comes next?
2: <sighs> well, honestly, college came next, and I loved college. where did you go? I went to Milliken, and I went there because. They gave me money, basically. Uh, but it was in Decatur, Illinois. It was really a fine arts school, even though I went there and I became like a Spanish and history major. <laughs> and so um, I was still around a lot of, you know, fine arts and kind of dabbling in that. So that's why I was really happy to go there. It was such a wonderful place to be because I was always around live music and it was free to go see. And, you know, of course, I met my husband there and uh, a drummer. He, play- sure. he was a drummer you know, he played the drums.
0: Was he your second boyfriend then? Was it from one drummer to two? Okay. (laughs) First drummer didn't work out. Second drummer seems great.
2: Yeah. Perfect. Which is so funny because I was, you know, in that headspace of like, I'm not going to meet anybody until after college. I'm not going to, I'm just going to focus on getting my education and getting my career started. And then I met one of the goofiest human beings I think I've ever met in my entire life. And that was that. We could be goofy together forever next year we'll have 20 years together which is kind of wow. crazy to think about
0: okay so you met freshman year and you started dating pretty soon after that
2: well actually we met my sophomore year he was a freshman <laughs>
0: okay all right
2: <laughs> i joke around i'm like oh he was, he was so easy the young the youngin
0: <laughs> uh cougar tendencies okay yes. i see
2: <laughs> I see Paul taking a note there. Don't don't note cougar tendencies. <laughs> I, that's
0: not what I that's not what I wrote. It's not what I wrote.
2: Okay. Actually, there's a funny story of how I met my husband. So, me and my my girlfriend Jen, we were just so bored and one day we decided to pull a prank and just just see if we could steal one of we borrow maybe we would borrow one of the like large trees in the cafeteria, in the middle of the cafeteria. So we dared each other, like, do you think we could do it? Like a fake yeah, tree?
0: Like a giant pot?
2: Like a giant pot fake tree, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so my role was to, basically, I had to drop my, my tray in the middle of the cafeteria away from the tree, and then she would run and grab the tree. And so... I played my part and she played hers and she ran down the stairs and threw it in the back of her little geo tracker. We were so excited. We we're like giggling and just beside ourselves. We're like, who would appreciate this? And we're like, Oh, our friends, Paul and Matt. And so we drove down the street and they were just, you know, they were just drunk because it was Paul's birthday. <laughs> and so then we got drunk to celebrate and we, we came up with this ridiculous scheme to to continue the pranks on Milliken's campus and our first goal would be to press all the safety blue lights at one time
0: so these are like the parking lot type of <laughs> exactly. boxes so you coordinate across all the parking lot all the different places and everybody pushes at once
2: all at once okay. simultaneously okay. like clockwork yeah and uh so we're like we need to recruit there are a lot of these things on campus and so <laughs> Paul looks over at me and says you know I know these freshmen that worship the ground I walk on. <laughs> and One of them was my husband, <laughs> and so so I met him through our goofy shenanigans group wow. that we created. Yeah,
0: wow. <laughs> Were there other shenanigans once you had this this uh, group mobilized, ready for mischief? <sighs>
2: You know, we, we had ourselves mobilized for, for drinking, I think was, was the mischief (laughs) mischief we got into. We're a bunch of fine arts students. You know, we were just like, no, we're not really good at planning things. You can
1: dream it, but can you execute it? That's You need it. You need (laughs) business majors to like just execute. You're in college.
2: Yes. Uh, So I studied Spanish and history. And so after college, I ended up interviewing and got a job working for the hotels in the Dominican Republic. And so I went and moved down there for a while.
0: What were you doing for the hotels?
2: So I was mostly teaching English, the hotels. So if you've ever, have you ever been to Punta Cana?
0: I have. I have not. Sorry.
2: You have not. If you have been, most people fly into that airport and then you take a bus wherever you go
0: into a resort that has a wall around it. Yeah. And you don't yeah. see the rest. Of it. Yep. yep.
2: <laughs> exactly. Well, I was maybe a 10 minute walk from that airport in the little town just outside it that they created to house a lot of the hotel employees. And that little town, you know, a lot of employees brought their families. And so they're employees not just from the Dominican Republic, uh, they're employees from all over the world. And so I taught fourth grade English grade school. And so it was one of the most challenging and rewarding experiences I've had because there are literally students in there who were sponsored by the hotel um, who had very little. Um, And then, you know, there are students from Europe whose families were pretty well off. And to see students from different socioeconomic backgrounds and just, you know, students who knew like five or six languages. languages—they These kids were incredible. It was so challenging because I didn't have a textbook. I didn't have anything really. I just had a chalkboard and I had to teach six subjects um, every day. So really? It was a... Wow. Was
0: yeah. there no... Because you said they came from all over. Was there no unifying language that everyone spoke?
2: I was teaching them that language.
0: As you were teaching them, did you say English or Spanish?
2: Well, I was teaching them uh, subjects in English. So a lot okay. of it was just, you know, I focused a lot on reading, reading comprehension, spelling, um and writing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I had to teach math and I had to teach social studies and I had to teach science. And so it was just a really... That's where
0: AP Chem came in.
2: Oh, totally. Yep. After teaching English for a while, I, probably AP Chemistry is a little bit easier than learning English. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> Did you... Th- Think of yourself as a teacher or like you said, initially you said, I went and worked for the hotels, not I was a teacher in whatever. So like, how are you, how are you viewing the experience?
2: Well, I was employed to the hotels, but I was there to be a teacher. So I taught not only fourth grade, but I taught to the you know, employees of the hotel, uh, some employees in the kitchens, um, housekeeping staff, uh, even HR. I was helping them with some more like advanced stuff. Wow. Yeah.
0: And how long were you down there?
2: I wanted to stay longer, but a little bit over a year and I had to come back. But um, yeah, while I was there, I would say, you know, obviously, I'm still in touch with a lot of my students, which is really amazing and to see them grow up and and become like fully formed humans. Uh, But then also I had a wonderful experience down there because for the most part, I mean, I was just working and life wasn't easy because they didn't have really the town built up. It was more It was created for the employees, but it was really built for the tourists. And so like people would come from the hotels and they'd get to go to like the bowling alley or, you know, the French patisserie or, you know, something. They had all these little shops and pizza places. But on on my salary that I was making, I couldn't afford to go to any of these places. So there was no grocery store. There was no place to wash your clothes, you know, just basic stuff. I'd have to hitchhike to do my laundry and then you'd have to wait for the guagua, the little bus that would come along at some point during the day. There was no schedule. You just had to wait. Sometimes you were waiting for like 20 minutes. Sometimes you were waiting for two hours. It didn't, you didn't know. Um, And so I'd take that and then arrive maybe 45 minutes later to the local town, the closest town, Igwe. And then from there I would take a a little motoconcho, like a little motorcycle taxi mm-hmm. and I'd have to carry my groceries and my water and all that stuff on this little motorcycle every week um back to the guagua gua, back to wow my my place
1: you had experience because in high school you're you had a, <laughs> you had a huge backpack your backpack was <laughs> ginormous you had to carry that I around you remember
2: that. Oh, I would just carry all my books around oh, you would carry like
1: every book and your clarinet like in the
0: hallway yeah <laughs> No one told you about lockers?
2: Oh, I didn't have time. I was always going back and forth between band and band was on the other, totally other side of the, the, school. <laughs> the school. I. I...
1: <laughs> but you had experience on carrying like all those years of high school. Carrying that backpack. What drew you out of the Dominican Republic?
2: My contract was only for one year. And so I didn't know if they were really going to ask me back. And then at the same time, my um, so my husband's best friend's mother. She worked for a school district um, just outside of Springfield, Illinois, and they didn't have a Spanish teacher for the high school. That you know, it's a small school. I think total is maybe like 200 kids. And so they didn't have a Spanish teacher, which meant a lot of college prep students wouldn't have their Spanish classes. They're like, oh, my God, we need a Spanish teacher by the start of school, which is next week. And I'm like, okay, sure, <laughs> let's do this. And so I couch surfed for a while until I found a place. But I was couch surfing and teaching high school Spanish for a time, um, which wow. was really cool. That's crazy. <laughs>
1: like you just never think. I mean, I would never have thought that as a high schooler that your teacher is couch surfing, right?
2: right. It got out because the school was so small. Oh, and they're really? like, profe, you could come stay with me. I'm like, no. <laughs>
0: Wow. Okay. So now you're you're a Spanish teacher, high school Spanish teacher. You find a place.
2: Yeah. And how long did you do that? So I did it uh, for a couple of years, just long enough to set up the program, and then I just missed my family, and so I, I wanted to come back to Chicago because uh, you know my whole family that's not in Italy is in Chicago, and so I ended up coming back and got a job with this one woman in her basement. I helped her grow her basement business into a brick and mortar language school where we were also doing on-site language training that was workplace specific for a lot of like hotels and restaurants in Chicago. So the coolest thing about that is obviously I'm like, Ooh, I helped build a business. That was great. But I also got to eat a lot of really great food at all these hotels and restaurants (laughs) along the way.
0: And so this was hotels and restaurants um, paying, you know, you guys to come in and teach the employees English?
2: Yeah, a little bit of both um, employees and managers. So we'd teach employees English. Um, I would teach managers some like functional Spanish uh, and, you know, ways to ask questions about people's family and, and you know, making connections, that type of thing. And okay. so we'd, we'd teach phrases and... A lot of phrases to the managers. And then we had like full on English classes for a lot of the employees that they were just, I mean, for me, thinking back to my mom's story, that was, it's kind of like full circle, right? Where I think about that inspiration that my mom had this one teacher that stayed after school with her every day to just go over flashcards and like that impact on her life. She remembers that teacher this day and so i'm like oh my gosh i want to i want to be able to like help other people in that capacity too yeah essentially where my life went this whole trajectory was i i was doing the language training but i i started interjecting a lot of the like deeper cultural perspectives that people were not realizing were behind the language issues you know and so what are different ways to say things to help talk to someone who's much more indirect communicator, who comes from a culture that maybe has a a stronger hierarchy. And so just a lot of things that I remember feeling growing up that I couldn't quite pinpoint. I was reading a lot about and, and doing more kind of like weaving into my classes. And I found that most people enjoyed the cultural aspect so much more than they enjoyed the, the learning aspect. And so I ended up making that kind of a, a big piece of my life for a while um, in the, I guess, 2013s to 2016s. I was working for various companies Doing more inter, like global intercultural perspectives, and then 2016 hit, and that quickly shifted into diversity and inclusion training.
1: So at this point, you would you say you had found your passion, right? Like you were saying when, oh, you, were, yes. when you were coming out of high school <laughs> that you were interested in everything, and it seemed like in college you still had a wide variety of interests, but it seems as though perhaps the Spanish kind of introduce you to this explaining cultures. And that's a large part of your upbringing and your family. And like knowing this culture exists or being a part of a culture that, Oh my gosh. that Like at high school, we didn't know anything about your culture.
2: People weren't really talking about that stuff yet. <laughs> or, or I wasn't consciously aware. In generations too, though, like oftentimes,
1: like my parents were raised by a generation that wanted to assimilate as much as we need to assimilate. We need to be part of what they saw as the bigger culture. So like my dad, I mean, he wasn't as forceful as his parents were on him, but my dad was partly that same way. Like I didn't learn Spanish. And so it's not as though it was something that he didn't want to talk about. It just wasn't something that we actively, whereas now It's something that I always look to bring back, right? And like that culture and how that affected me and the culture I grew up with and the culture I share with my cousins, et cetera.
2: My mom, she, you know, she was very much of that assimilation, 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 so much to the point where like I, you know, I just had people call me Lou in high school because it was, I didn't have to deal with people saying Louisiana. I didn't have to deal with, you know, just, People asking questions because at that point I didn't want to be the focus in general, but it, it was a huge part of my life.
1: So 2000. 2000- 13 to 2016. This is when you're making this cultural shift. Is that about right? Yeah. Cultural shift or shift to looking, bringing culture into things. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Yeah, and it was really cool. I got to go to a lot of different countries because you know we would have conferences in Riga, Latvia, and Estonia, and in all these places that my workplace would you know pay for me to go.
0: Let's get current. <laughs> where, uh, where, where are we now? Or if there was any key steps in between between 17 and now.
2: Yeah. So I, you know, I still haven't had children.
0: Um, You got married. What year did you get married?
2: Got married in 2011. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you.
1: And are you living in the city right now?
2: Yeah. We're in the city of Chicago, really close to Horner Park. Unfortunately, due to COVID, I lost my job last year and I was looking for work for a while and it wasn't happening because I literally had like six companies say, you're, you're overqualified. And I'm like, oh, really? Am I, am I hitting that point in my life already? <laughs> so I started my own business, and now I have my own business doing learning design and focusing on leadership and leadership development, um, and you know, diversity inclusion training. So very cool. It's been cool. I, yeah. So is
0: that is that in a similar vein to what you're doing before, kind of corporate focused?
2: Yeah, it's corporate focused. You know, I I still use a lot of those those skills and everything that I learned.
0: Now that you've been you've been doing that for a little bit, do you like kind of having it as your own business, or um, compared to doing it for someone else?
2: Absolutely, I can actually say no to people who I realize, uh-huh. <laughs> just like I do not want to work for you. You seem like a person who doesn't really care about this stuff, and you're just doing it to check a box. Yeah, check a box, or they're a hot mess, and I just know they're going to be a, an incredible energy drain. I've had clients that have forced me not forced me, but to meet deadlines and everything. I've had to like pull all-nighters just because they're having a freak out. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know I don't want to go back to that. So I've learned to say no to those, those clients now. That's great. Start my day at 10 a.m. because I'm yes. not a morning person. <laughs> I'm not at all a morning person. So yeah, I, I love it. It's fantastic.
0: That's great. Congratulations.
1: Thank you for taking us on that journey. It was really cool to see that and to see you find you kind of your passion and be able to have a company and kind of set your own schedule in that passion. Now, looking back at your 18-year-old self, you know, that one leaving behind, High School behind you, all confettied and silly stringed. If that 18-year-old self met you now, what do you think she would think of you?
2: Ooh, I think the first reaction would be that, wait, you haven't traveled more? And so, um, but then after that first reaction, I think I would hope that 18 year old self would be proud of me standing on my own two feet, you know, and, and playing in so many different spheres, not, not feeling like you're boxed into just one thing or another that I get to explore my passion on a daily basis. It's my, you know, my passion is my job and, Mm -hmm. and vice versa. And so. Yeah, I think I think that she would be okay with it.
0: So if she was doing thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. You're saying thumbs up,
2: thumbs up, yeah, no, thumbs up. Okay, great.
1: <laughs> where else does she want you to go? Like you, you've been listing off. I mean, you lived in another a country for a year. <laughs> you've been to all these places for conferences. Uh, Maybe ask you now. Where do you still want to go? Are there, is there places you want to travel to still?
2: I think she would have been surprised that I found a significant other so quickly. Um and I think she would have been surprised that I wasn't just living abroad for 10 years. <laughs> so oh. just like exploring. Um but you know, she also didn't have student loans, so <laughs> there's that. <laughs> so there's that. But I I think I still want to go places. I I have a dream where you know, I am making enough in my business, you know, I'm giving myself some some space of grace where I've only had my business now for like six months and um, things are going really well, but hopefully things continue to go well and I can have, you know, some, some means to travel a little bit more and do a little bit more. I think that would be wonderful.
0: If you could, knowing what you know now, if you can talk to your freshman self coming into high school, what advice would you give?
2: Oh gosh, don't freak out. You're, you'll be fine. Don't freak out. Yeah, I was freaking out so much <laughs> because, because of my mom's experience and, and it just because of the pressure that, you know, I guess immigrant families have this in common where it's just education is everything and, mm-hmm. and it just felt like the stakes were so high and, and just you know, just come and maybe hug her or pat her on the back and say, oh, you'll do fine.
0: Is there anything that uh, we should have asked you that we didn't?
2: Dave, why didn't you talk about how we went to homecoming together?
0: <laughs> it was turnabout.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, turnabout.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's
1: why. That's why he didn't, he didn't talk about homecoming.
2: <laughs> no, um, let me think about that question. Wait, wait, no, question hold on. Stop,
1: stop. So you... <laughs> so it's turnabout. So you... You were the one who initiate. you asked Dave to go to turnabout and you don't remember it, is what you thought it was homecoming.
0: That's, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just glad when we asked no, about you're... regrets from high school. The, uh, <laughs> turnabout? Who, who I asked to, <laughs> to sophomore turnabout or junior turnabout or whatever it was. Uh, you don't know what year it was? It was one of those two. Mm, I'm fairly confident.
1: Sophomore or junior year. Luciana, do you do you remember whether it was sophomore
0: or junior year?
2: I'm, I think it might have been sophomore year.
0: Okay. We're on, we're on equal footing there. <laughs> if I was a drummer, things would have been different, but... <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I do remember it was just a lot of fun. I wanted to go with someone I know I'd have fun with. And Dave, you're always a fun person. Paul, you are too. I should have asked you. Why didn't I ask you? It's okay.
0: It's okay. <laughs> it's too late. That, asked that, was, me. that was half-hearted to make you feel better. Exactly. Was... <laughs>
1: yeah. You, you, and anyone else who's listening, I should have... I should have asked you too. Uh, anyone <laughs> out there This has been great. I had a lot of
0: fun.
2: Yeah. Thank you, thank you. It's been fun sharing. And like I said, I'm I'm just so honored. This band nerd is so honored that you wanted to interview her, so <laughs>